from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Speed cameras on Washington highways might be a thing. Spike is going to admit to committing several driving infractions in about, oh, 45 seconds. Should <laughs> Speed you, round. <laughs> ironically enough. Should you be required to have liability insurance if you own a gun? I know exactly what John Curley is going to say about this. Speaking of John Curley, by the way, not unusual to hear. Not unusual at all. Mr. Curley. Not at this time of day. When I called John on Sunday for my daily mm-hmm. uh, cry into the phone session, or my weekly, yes. I should say, Yes. Uh, John, he says to me, hold on, I'm at, at this wedding thing. I got to get past the DJ booth. And I hear the music ah. in the background. I'm thinking, John Curley, my good friend, is picking up a phone. He's picking up my phone call while he's at a wedding. This is so, I was so filled with just joy that my, and he goes, oh, I just, let me get past the DJ booth, some dresses over here. I thought, these little ladies in dresses, and John wants to talk to little old me? This is amazing. And then I find out, John, that yeah, you were yeah. where? Seattle Wedding Show. Yeah, that's at right. At the convention center. That's right. Saturday and Sunday. Right. Did you find something you liked? <laughs> I know how those... So many, I know so some, many choices. It's so many overwhelming, choices. really. It is. It's hard like, to make it's, a decision. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah. So, uh, John, the speed cameras on Washington highways. I know you mm. to be nothing if not a safe and responsible driver in all 18 of your vehicles. And I've never uh-huh. seen you speed. I've never heard of you doing anything dangerous. Like I drive in the HOV lane every day. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Spike is admitted to us in the pre-show meeting. What, what, what laws do you break, Spike? What do you HOV. do? I do HOV. I, I got to tell you, John, I'm the same. I, I have... And I hate to say this into a microphone for all to hear, mm. uh, but oh. I, I actually, in my mind, the back of my mind, weigh into the, the decision, the fact that we're short on officers. So mm. if I got to be somewhere and I need to hit, you know, a little faster than the posted limit to get there, yeah. I'll do it knowing that they're not pulling people over. I'll dip, into, I'll dip into the HOV if I see a, li- a lane of slowed traffic and I've got sure. a show meeting before this show gets on the air and I see yeah. clear HOV lane and I know that they're not going to pull anybody over. Unless they've, and they're nice enough to tell us on a sting weekend yeah. where they're going to be monitoring the HOV lanes. Right. That's good mm. law enforcement policy. <laughs> I, I hate to say that, but I've been doing it. And I feel, I feel terrible. I, feel, I know it's dangerous. It's not yeah. just the law. It's a, it's a smart idea not to drive too fast. John, mm. I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that you're against this because it's just another way to separate a man from his hard-earned dollars, right? Well, what problem are they trying to solve? They don't like the fact that the number of people dying on Washington highways has gone from like 550 to 750 in one year. So what they think is, oh, it's because people are driving too fast. No, that's not the case. Look what they've done. When they passed, uh, what was it, House Bill, was that thing, 54 or something? What was the last one they did? The one that said that cops are all racist and they're pulling over only black drivers. Remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. That's House Bill 1054. It's 1054. So House Bill 1054 stops pursuit. So we went from the cops being pulled over and people taking off. So they went from like uh, about 196 a year. They're now at, uh, according to this piece from Jason Rance, I saw him, he put the numbers together. The number of people that are not stopping for police has gone up to like 3,000. Yeah, so in 2022, with 3,110 people did not stop for the police. Because just like Spike just said, they know there aren't many out there. They're not going to enforce it. So you went from in 2015 to 2020, 
1,179. That's 196 a year. We're now at, as of last year, uh, 3,110 people didn't stop. So if you're not stopping for the police, you're driving fast, you slam into something or someone else, you get killed. That's why we went from 550 people dying on the highways to 750. And it's at the exact year that this law went into effect. So you don't need to put speed cameras out. You just need to allow police to pull people over and put them in jail. Right, Done. I, I will say this as well, though. John, I am concerned, though, for people like Spike, who he's seeing traffic moving at a snail's pace. And so he puts in his uh, Motley Crue CD, cranks it up to 100 on the stereo, starts playing. I'm the one they call Doc. Feel good. No, I was thinking Kickstart My Heart is oh, what I was thinking. Kickstart My Car. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha, buddy. And then he puts. Sammy Hager can't drive 55. You're in some Exactly. Go ahead. And yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking that, yeah, I understand that people are fleeing from the police, but at the same time, is it not good to prevent ne'er-do-wells like you and Spike using cameras from doing this kind of activity? Now, I'm against state surveillance because I don't want to live in a fascist authoritarian state, but I'm just saying to prevent older gentlemen who might be driving in vehicles at a high rate of speed, maybe to curtail that, this might just be a, a good program to have so, for people like Spike and to, you. Uh, to, I, I looked up the number because you knew guys wanted to talk about this. So in 2017, the, the numbers have been about 530 in 2017, 489, 517, 537, 596. So it's been about the same every single year, fatalities on highways. And then it skyrockets to 745, the exact year that the pursuit law went into effect. Now you want to spend millions and millions and millions of dollars, taxpayers' money, mm -hmm. to buy cameras to put in place to solve the problem because you didn't have you, – this was not a problem for you before. When you had 535, 596, 517 deaths on highways, but now that you're at 750, we better do something. Well, what you better do is fix the problem that you created when you passed House Bill 50, 1054 that said police only pulled over black drivers disproportionate to population so let's stop that what, by having what? police stop pulling people over what, John, but that's your problem i think this is where the one there's i think there's a place where we can shake hands and meet in the middle which is that there's right. this great company if we're driving there let me drive i get the really fast <laughs> yes. there's this great company they make fake surveillance cameras as a deterrent and they have a real yeah. red light but in but inside the actual case it's there is no nest. camera it's a bird nest it's yeah. a scarecrow it's, industries so yeah. i so and they sell them for like 10 bucks a pop we get like eight thousand of them for a fraction of what the state wants to pay and we'll just put them up all over the place and then big bada boom as Donald Trump likes to say, you got, you got, <laughs> bing, 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 and I'll, and I'll go to Reddit and I'll realize where they all are and I'll just blow right on by them. Right, exactly. Ding, ding, uh, ding, 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 But then the other thing that I was thinking about uh, all this, yes. John, is that, is that the, the, when we look at the statistic of black drivers being pulled over disproportionately, I know this might sting for some people, but this is just a, a matter of statistical record. Black drivers, not all have a hey statistically are more likely to drive recklessly. Now that is has a lot to do with many different factors, very little to do with race or ethnicity or anything like that. It just so happens statistically that's the case. In the same way statistically the track traffic accidents happen to let us just say 16-year-old boys disproportionately to 16-year-old girls or whatever it yes. might be. Yeah. But yeah. people have a very they go 
they get really up. You should see Spike right now. He just went ghost white at the idea that I would even submit that. I bit through my tongue. Yeah, exactly. The idea that I would submit that. So sometimes these things aren't necessarily indicative of racism as much as they're indicative of, like, let us just say culture. Because if we look at the culture of 16-year-old boys, it's, hey, I got got this. uh, I'm invincible. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I used Mm -hmm. to, John, you know, I used to work security at a a mall in, in Monterey, California when I was 18. Did I ever tell you this story? No. Yeah, I was walking around. I was a rent-a-cop. And uh, one day, I'm walking through with parking lot, you know, minding my own business, high out of my mind. And I see that there's a mom and a dad. Thank you so much, Andrew. If, for those of you who are playing Jackstein Bingo. And I see that they have they have little, little Johnny, let's call him. He's a 16-year-old kid. It's like a May afternoon. You know, it's like the sun's hot. It's a nice spring afternoon. And he, it's his 16th birthday, and what does dad come driving up in but a brand-new blue Mustang, 2007. Wow, says little Johnny. I love it. It's exactly the one I wanted. This is so great. Mom and dad's so pleased with this young man. They're holding each other. He gets into the car. Can I drive it now, dad? Of course you can, little Johnny. He takes off. Everybody wins. Heartwarming story. A week Later, I am on the night shift. I am on the night shift at the mall, and I hear a report that there's somebody doing donuts in the parking lot. And when I show up, little Johnny had done a donut right into a light pole and ruined (laughs) his brand new Mustang. Now, I say that to say this. Am I being bigoted against 16-year-olds if I say somebody probably should – a culture of driving probably needed to be a little bit more reinforced within his family? I don't think so. But then conversely, if I were to say like, well, within black communities, you have people who are disproportionately driving fast and breaking laws – probably have a cultural shift all of a sudden people go aha racist it's a really interesting paradox that i don't necessarily like very much mm-hmm. spike does not want when to contribute con- to this conversation listen when you contribute other factors outside of race like for instance driving distance you tend to drive longer to driving at night uh driving through areas where there are more police you may have people of one uh race uh being more exposed to those elements than others distance driving time of driving and cops nearby all contribute to and then also age is included in there if you have predominantly a black population that tends to skew younger under the age of 35 but that's a greater percentage they tend to be more reckless as how they drive so you just if you take the race part out of it it doesn't cause everybody like spike to get upset you just look at those numbers <laughs> but just overall it's not about race this simply is if they if they allow the police to do their job you probably would see those those numbers come down and we wouldn't have to spend the money on the speed cameras plus the other part of it is i'd seen because we knew we were going to talk about this and race and driving there are legislators in different states that say even the speed cameras are racist so i mean you just you're not going to win fix 1054 which by the way people more than four hundred thousand of you congratulations i'm included have signed up and this is one of the initiatives that we have put before our folks in olympia to be able to change that law congratulations so i have seen almost all of john curley's guns because he hides them around his house like a pack rat almost it's like he wants to have them accessible at all he's basically like you ever see like uh i don't know like a spy movie where the spy like hits the desk and the the the, secret compartment pops out there's a wall wall of firearms yeah that's John basically has a scene from Men in Black where Tommy Lee Jones says <laughs> they're to everywhere. Like, they're everywhere. Tommy imports, Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so 
Actually, one time, funny story, uh, John, uh, we were doing some team building thing. And, of course, John wasn't didn't want to participate in that. And uh, uh, John in the background, he's got he had a pump action in the background of the shot. And so before the meeting started, somebody said, John, do you think you could take that gun down from a Zoom call? <laughs> from the Zoom call. From the Zoom call. And then John goes, well, why, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're upset. You go, they got somebody's going to get shot on a Zoom call. Yeah, brandishing in the workplace is what they called it. Oh, so God. but then so John goes, John turns around. and He goes, which one? And then, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, but we can only see the pump action. And then they say the shotgun. And then John goes, no. I, I got this one right here, too. Oh, I, got, goes, I took them all out. <laughs> nice. All Nice. Fun. They're like tattoos. They're like tattoos. You get one, you got to get, get more. One. The only thing so exploded were the snowflake heads. Right. So, oh. uh, so uh, John, do you think that you should be required to have liability insurance with all the guns that you have in your home? Do you think that that's a thing that we need or not so much? So what is it going to do for me? It's going to cover me, what, if somebody steals my gun and uses it somewhere else? Yeah, if, that's the idea. Or, or yeah. accidental discharge accidental is one of the, the in this proposed law. Yeah. Mm. What's it going to cost me? I'll sell 50 bucks is what my insurance company will do a day for two insurance. Right. Would you, you, but it sounds like you pay, some re- sense. Yeah, you pay some a reasonable sense. amount, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if it protects me against somebody coming into my house and I use the gun to protect my family, but then I can also be charged. Uh, yeah. If it, the insurance would help me, I don't know if my homeowner's insurance would cover on something like that, but as long as they're just not putting up more and more barriers to stop people from being able to exercise their first amendment, right? It's not a privilege. Driving is a privilege, not a right. That's the difference when it comes to insurance. But as long as you're not infringing upon my right by creating some sort of uh, financial burden on me, I'm okay with that. But again, Spike I want to know what's the number behind it. What's the number behind it? What's the, what are they really trying to accomplish? That's the question. Always the question. What's the motivation? What's the motivation? For I, I would I would assume it's responsible gun ownership and accountability. And accountability. I, oh, I know you are, but uh, you're not the you're not the not the one we worry about, John. There's a lot of folks yeah, that I, I worry don't, about, John. I'm trying to tell you to worry about. You can worry about a very, 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 very small percentage of the population that is shooting and killing one another. It's not about the responsible gun owner. They're the least likely to go out and shoot and kill somebody. Or what are we trying to solve? What well, are you trying to solve with this law? This is my thought, John, because there's you, you ever see any like the fail compilations, like the like the snowboarding fail compilation yeah, yeah. or whatever. Skateboarders who take a rail to yeah. the, you yeah. know. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. weed smoking fails or yeah, whatever. Yeah. There's there's gun comp, uh, fail compilations where guys go to mm-hmm. ranges and for whatever reason they end up accidentally shooting themselves and these are guys who are who are they're, they're their firearms? They go to a fire range, which is maybe the safest place to have a gun, right? And they end up accidentally shooting themselves. For instance, there's or somebody a, else. There was a video where this guy he goes to holster his sidearm at the firing range. Oh, and I saw that. Yep. He leaves his uh, his finger on the trigger. Oh no, no, no! And as he goes to insert it into the thing, he puts a bullet right into his leg, and then he like turns around to everybody like, "Who shot me?" <laughs> 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 yeah. So, I think liability insurance in his case might have been a good thing right yeah so the senator that's proposing this is 169 million dollars in taxpayers money annually including costs related to accidental shootings so they're including they're saying gun deaths and injuries cost 169 million taxpayer money um that uh, plus also accidental shootings i don't know how many accidental shootings there are but 
they want you to take the money to help pay for. I assume it's people going to the emergency room that have been shot and killed or shot. It's to cover those Ooh. costs. I'm guessing that's okay. what this is. Yeah, so it's almost like a reallocation of those funds that on its face sounds like it's for Spike O'Neill when he accidentally discharges his $9 million into his foot. But in actuality, it's for uh, people who are, let us just say, hit by a straight it's bullet. It's gangbangers yeah. that shoot and kill one another or shoot and miss, and then that person goes into the ER and the bill is $150,000. And rather and you and I taxpayer pay, an insurance company would have to pay it. Yeah. Well, not, not in that case. No, because no, 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 gang, no. Gangbangers ain't it. getting insurance. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, I, I assume that's what they're trying to cover on it. So, but uh, my, my other concern about this, though, John, is the same concern that you have on it, which is that I don't like the impediments that are being placed in front of people, both men and women in particular, who who are not able to get firearms because of all the. I'll, I'll give you guys a really quick example. A friend of mine uh, uh, is the. She basically runs a rehab. She's the chief head honcho at the rehab. She's not a clinician, but she runs everything. She has had many threats made against her life because some of the people in her rehab are either affiliated or they're there under court order or, mm-hmm. or she has to kick people out or whatever it is. She went to the county and said, I'm going to get a concealed carry. The way that the hoops that they made her jump through with valid threats against her life, it took her mm-hmm. six months before she get a concealed carry. That's a little obscene for somebody who has an immediate need who says, listen, I I." I someone's there is a gang out there that wanted to kill me. I deserve to be able to to protect my life. And the county says, uh, we're going to have to have that training certificate, yeah, we're gonna have the insurance to, paperwork. Make sure you get that paperwork up yeah, to Sacramento. Proof, proof of safe gun ownership at home. You got right. a safe one the receipt of that. It just yeah. it is it to me. This is those are the kinds of circumstances that I think about where I think there's just so many barriers for so many people that it just seems unfair. I say the best thing you could possibly watch if this has gotten the hackles up is watch Michael Robinson's uh, city council three-minute talk that launched him from average citizen to lieutenant governor uh, in in Carolina. He gave a speech. It was no more than three minutes. It was completely unscripted. People saw it and said, oh, my God, that is exactly that's exactly what's happening. And from there, somebody came, you should run. He becomes the lieutenant governor from this three-minute speech. And what he says in those three minutes, everyone's like, absolutely. He said, someone breaks the law, and you go ahead and write a law that takes more and more of law-abiding citizens' freedoms away. You write these laws. I'll obey them because I'm a law-abiding citizen. The people that don't obey laws, you write these laws to stop their actions, and I'm the only one, and the rest of the law-abiding citizens obey those laws, and you take more and more of our freedom away. It's a great it's not speech. Unusual. Not unusual. Watch, it's great. For not you. unusual at all. i got to get ready for my show. Hey, i got a show coming up right after yours. <laughs> it's not unusual. Bye. Bye, Mr. Curley. Can you believe that... I thought I thought he was at a wedding, and he was talking to me in lieu of being at a wedding, and instead he was just the bridal show. He's at a bridal show. Was he working it? Yeah, of course oh, he was okay. working he was it. MC? Yeah, no, nice. he was he was uh, for his lovely. Uh, they have that venue. Yeah, for right his, up in his yeah his his wedding venue. Oh, I didn't know I didn't know that they were in the bridal business. I've oh, got yeah. a daughter who's planning a wedding soon. Ooh. Oh, let me talk to hey, I got a, you know I I know a guy up in Cleveland got a lot of guns and he uh, you got a friend in the dress business, <laughs> the Curly Company. All right, we'll take a really quick break. When we get back, there's this footage that I, I kind of want to talk about 
I'm seeing this on the five. They're playing these immigrants going over the border. Oh yeah, a it's, dro- a, a drop it's a off. ten second piece of footage. Played it into the ground. Yeah. I think we need to talk about it when we get back right after this. So everybody's upset about the border. Everybody. <laughs> everybody's mad about it. And I often wonder why why are temperatures always so high whenever we talk about certain things. Talk about trans people. Everybody gets really, really mad, right? Yeah, 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 ah, yeah. mad. Yeah. We talk about, uh, and I'm talking both sides of the argument, right? Talk about the border. Talk about human beings. Because that's what we're really talking about human beings. Yeah, we are. Talk about border all you want. In my mind, I'm much more concerned about mitigating the suffering as much as we can of other human beings. And why people get so mad about it. Oh, it's an invasion, right? They lose their minds. That's what they've been told repeatedly. That's what they've been told repeatedly. And there was this great example that we just saw on The Five on Fox News where Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld and generic white woman were all talking about. uh, It's Judge Jeanine. Okay. Pardon me. She's earned the title. Pardon me. (laughs) They were all. So there's this clip that they keep playing of people. It's a, a, a section of Trump's wall in Texas, and it comes up against a rock abutment. And you see the migrants or the illegals mm-hmm. leaving the cars, and then they go up and around the Trump wall, and then they're in the United States, and then they run into the United States. And it's about an eight-and-a-half-second piece of footage. Yeah, And they yeah. ran it for the duration of the time that John Curley was just on. Am I over-exaggerating this, Spike? I mean, no, you saw no, the same no, no, thing. No, no, no. They ran that for at minimum 15 minutes, just over and over and over and over again. I'm looking at the expressions of Jesse Waters and, and Greg Gottfeld, because how could you not? They're such good-looking such good looking men. Their Ken dolls come to life, <laughs> I swear. And they're mad, and they're upset about it. And I was thinking about my days uh, studying psychology in college and studying anthropology and studying... Uh, conditioning and what it means to condition the mind to a certain stimulus. You hear about the, they do this a lot in therapy with people. Oh, I've got a phobia of driving across a bridge. I've got a phobia of being on a plane. I've got a pho- what do you got a phobia of, Spike? Uh, kale. Water. water. <laughs> kale. <laughs> kale. A kale salad. Exercise. Terrify me. Sit-ups. Is, Sit-ups. Uh, just describes oh, me crazy. There's no way I can do it. exercise of the beast. <laughs> so... There's this thing, it's, it's uh, conditioning that happens to people, cognitive conditioning, mm-hmm. where you they try to pair positive ideas with doing the thing that frightens you. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, in watching that piece of footage going over, and over, I realize that this is actually negative conditioning that they're doing to people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're not being asked to look at those people who are crossing the border as if they are human beings. You are being, you are effectively being asked to view them as pathogenic. This is an illness. This is a sickness that's entering the country. Yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm fairly sympathetic to people who are have become very reactive about this issue because I don't think to, that they actually know that they're not actually talking about people anymore. Do you understand? That they actually think that they're talking about an invading army over because they've been conditioned over time to then use that ideology or use that language in the same way that, let us just say, kooky leftists are like – you know, always going after whatever it is that they don't like. They view it as being pathogenic because they've been conditioned to think so, and they no longer talk to anybody about it because they've reached a final conclusion about whatever it is that they're seeing. Yeah, no, their mind's made up. This is an infection. This is a disease, a virus coming across the border right. that's threatening the very fabric of who we are as a people. I'll never do sit-ups. It threatens the fabric the very of who fabric I am as a man. Who we are, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, they show that video over and over and over with 20, I think maybe 20 people 
were shown crossing that yeah. section. Well, according to the Fox News, 42,000 people came over in the 15 minutes John was talking. <laughs> this endless parade. <laughs> right. You know, and it's, right. it's, you're right, you're awash in this messaging of of this invasion. And I don't know if those folks were valid asylum seekers or if they were actually illegally trying to enter the I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but but we won't, we'll never find out because the, the message has been sent, message has been received. I don't know how you fix the people. I don't know how you how you actually discourse with people unless they unplug from cable media, cable news in particular. I don't know how you saw more specifically like opinion cable news yeah, yeah. is the worst. And so this is why when you try to talk to people about let us just say the accomplishments of the Biden administration, they will immediately default to well the cost of the eggs is this much and yeah. gasoline is it this much or whatever. When and then when you try to kind of elevate the discourse around it and you say, well, you know, inflationary cycles are like 12 to 18 months. And when you dump a bunch of money in previously that you have to deal with that, which is what the Inflation Reduction Act was meant to do. I think that what people often do is they kind of shorthand that that those critical thinking skills that we used to have where it there used to be. a Well, let's disc- discourse about this. Let's talk about mm-hmm. it. Let's be in relation to a concept. Now what we do is we push it away. There is no relation to a concept or an idea because I don't need to do it because it's a waste of my time. Right? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on the money with that. It, it People are used to be told what to know. Now they're told what to think. Exactly. Right. Right. And it's, and, you know, I heard a stat today that the U.S. had a strong third, fourth quarter economic growth, whereas Europe was flat, had zero economic growth. Yeah, European yes. Zero percent growth. We had like almost five percent in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And right? consumer confidence is at an all time high. Right. But uh, but what they're being told is the Biden economy is a disaster. Yes. Yes. And over and over and over again. Then they poll people on how's the economy? Well, it's a disaster. See? Right. They, even they know. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, you're right. We, we've stopped. We've stopped gathering information. I, I think you, when you said it, opinion pieces as opposed to news pieces, when there's no differentiation between the two from a business model. Right, Fox News, fair and balanced, but guys like uh, Tucker Carlson, not to reach into the past, says no one in a court of law, no one really takes seriously what I say. It's an opinion show. He did say that when, yeah. when Ted Koppel calls out Sean Hannity for misinforming his audience with blatantly provable falsehoods. Um, Hannity says, "Well, you're underestimating the American people's intelligence. They can't tell the difference between opinion and fact." Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. That's your defense. Is you know, people should know that you're lying. Well, if you, I mean, the other thing that is strike that strikes me now is the levels of paranoia that's in that's in the American discourse right now is through the roof on both where, sides. On both sides, absolutely true. Where true. it's that the NFL is rigged so that Taylor Swift will be there because she's going to convince people to vote for Joe Biden. She's a a, a psyop from the a Pentagon. Psyop, right. That's they're running the headline. I mean, or it, and it extends. It's almost as if Americans now have been conditioned to live in fear, literally of everything, right? There is nothing to not fear because your neighbor might be a Republican. And we all know how those people right, think. Right. Or your, you know, the people at your, the teachers at your kid's school might be Democrats. And we all and know. Doctrine. <laughs> well, right. well, then you get one or two real live examples that prove that point, like a guy in at the high school in Seattle. Yes. Who's yeah, blatantly indoctrinating yeah. kids. Right. And that's that one grain of truth of, that takes the whole thing over a cliff. Yeah, and I, I think especially when you have like these these 
you know, other people say woke. I'll just use that language now. But when you have these like really woke expressions that go over the line and everybody goes, hey, that's pretty, it makes us pretty uncomfortable. Other people then go, see, we told you. But that speaks back to my point earlier, which is that people are no longer in discourse with concepts. They're not, it's no longer a process for people. There's like, if the reason that I can talk about philosophic thinkers like Marx or, or Engels or Foucault or whoever it is, Baudrillard, John Stuart Mill, Alexis de Tocqueville is because I was in relation with those concepts and discourse with those concepts. Okay. If I just write somebody off as a fraud and as a charlatan, although that might be the case, I have not actually ingested any of the information. I am no longer in discourse. Right. And so therefore I can learn nothing about it. And I'll just be in my, what's the phrase people use? My own little echo chamber. Yeah, your own little silo of information. Your your bubble, your safe little bubble. All right. What is Washington's most popular dog breed, I ask myself, after having a deeply philosophic (laughs) conversation about media consumption in the contemporary age? What is the most popular dog breed? Well, Laura was deeply concerned about this to the point where when we we revealed the answer to Laura, she burst into tears, grief started dry heaving she couldn't believe that this was the most popular dog breed in the state left the room in in grief and we didn't see laura until right before the show started i was was worried she wasn't coming back i was worried she wasn't coming back either because this is the most insane use of resources i have ever seen (laughs) to collect this information we shall discuss when we get back right after this man's best friend or my neighbor who can't control her dog is her worst enemy because all he does is bark he gets really upset whenever he hears doors closing so i always try to make it a point whenever i go to my very expensive apartment when i open my door very very, open it like uh, yeah oh that's good i'm like a like a prowler i'm like a second door man when i second story man when i go in it's like i'm robbing my own apartment basically is the amount of noise that i try to make very carefully shut the door behind me no dog barks to myself, ah, excellent. And then my loser neighbor across the hall, he comes out. Hey guys, want anything from the store? Slams the door. And I'm just like, okay, great. Thanks for torturing that poor animal, my dude. So uh, the Chihuahua is uh, Washington's most popular dog breed. I find this to be deeply disappointing because you would think that it would be the Husky. Well, you would think that it would be a dog that represents. Something about Washington. The Chihuahua cannot survive in Washington because it is cold and it rains too much and they drown. <laughs> That's why they're always shaking. That's why they're always shaking. They're uh, so cute. Look at that the picture. most popular breeds, Golden Retrievers, German Shepherds, French Bulldogs, and Golden Doodles. You know what they say about those French Bulldogs? The Frenchies what? They're always running away from things. Really? Hey, oh, you like that joke? Oh, you get I like that. You that get was it? great. Always hey. running away from a good fight. That's a great... <laughs> Stereotype from the nineties, and well, so you got a friend who named them Surrender. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and Golden Doodles, which is a crossbreed between a Golden Retriever and a Poodle, which the inventor of which actually says that he regrets inventing the Golden Doodle. I read that. Why? Why? Because he there's a very particular behavioral trait that you need to find that is pre- present in both the Retriever and the Poodle. Okay, and if you don't have that. You get a very anxious, borderline psychotic animal. 
is basically that what he was saying quite about a bit. it. I thought you were going to say a dog too cute shouldn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> and hypoallergenic. So, I, you know, I'm always a big fan of people who own dogs because in my, in my general assessment, and obviously there's deviations from this, but I'm saying all things being equal, not that this person is not a deviant, just them, people who have dogs tend to be a little bit more understanding, empathetic. I like people who own dogs. And moreover, if you go over to a house that's got a bunch of dogs, you get to hang out with a dog. Isn't that so great? It's a great day. Um, do you know how we got incorporated with dogs as creatures into our lives? No. The d- domestication of dogs? The domestication of dogs, yeah. So it started, it's actually really fascinating. Human beings, when as nomadic beings, would would produce garbage. And at a certain point in time, you know, like you spend three months here, four months there yeah, as yeah, you're yeah. moving around. They started making these big pits, garbage pits, basically. To, because when you have garbage, when you have meats, fats, things of that nature, right. you're going to get hornets and flies and all that other kind of stuff. Start making these pits where they start throwing away pieces of the animal that they weren't going to use, food that had gone bad, bad, whatever it is. So the theory is that wild dogs, wolves, started coming up and started eating out of these uh, uh, pits, basically, and then getting used to the presence of human beings and the smell of human beings. And then eventually human beings just kind of incorporated the the, the dog started following them as they were moving nomadically okay. from place to place to place to place for a constant food source. A couple of generations later, all of a sudden, little baby dogs want to hang out with the people. And then you have the domestication of the dog at that point. It in makes time. perfect sense. And you realize at some point that the dog has some value to the, the group because it can provide protection. Uh, protection. Right? It's an alert system. Yeah, yeah, hunting, all these other Not, kinds and of And the companionship. I don't think, marvelous. you know, we often say the domesticated dog. I don't think that human, I don't think we realize that as human beings, we are technically domesticated. As a, as a humanity? As a species, okay. yeah. We're yeah, trained yeah. and domesticated in the same way that we have trained and domesticated wheat and cats and whatever it is, parrots, whatever it is. Yeah. We have done that to ourselves as well. We are now domesticated as well, if you think about it. We have I could no, not gather anything if I had to. No skills out in the wild, none whatsoever. So in the same way, if my little calico sea cat, if she goes outside, she's going to die because she doesn't know what to do. She had no. I, she sees a mouse, what's she going to do with it? Play with it? Yeah, and she bring it, it to you. So thank, yeah. she, she thinks it's a toy. She doesn't know what to do with it. Right. So human beings, we go out in the wilderness... Hey, where's the Starbucks? Where's Star- hey, anybody, come on, point me to the Whole Foods out here in the Cascades. I got to get some kale and some hummus. I can't find anything. We're domesticated. No survival skills whatsoever. Laura is the worst of us over there. No survival skills in the wilderness. The most domestic- probably the only person in this room who seriously camps. So I what? resent yeah, that. Okay, it's, yeah. I took a bottle of wine and snowshoes and almost died. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. You're gonna lead the patrol. Oh, you're gonna bring back. up my most recent <laughs> traumatizing yes. incident. Thanks, well, Spike. I, well, I didn't realize. I didn't realize you were an outdoors person. I am. I didn't realize that. That's cool. Thanks. I'm not, <laughs> as you probably can tell. I Maybe, love meeting you know, guys. In where parks. do I plug this in? It's my one <laughs> great. <laughs> All right, uh, A plus Andrew, A plus Nate, A plus Laura. It's everybody except for Spike, who I'm just gonna give a D plus to today, out of resentment and spite and nothing else. I've earned it. <laughs> I stomped on you with lead boots earlier That's today, funny. and you came back to the party. I love you. All right, we'll take uh, not a quick break because John Curley's coming up next with Sherry Elliker. Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? It's like doing radio with a macaw. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> 